And welcome back, sports fans. It's your host, Coach Donnie Hess, here back with another episode of Coach Hess's Sports Corner. And as always, I'm joined by my faithful co-host, Mr. Brad Costin. Brad, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right, Donnie. We had our first footy training of, or my first footy training of the year this past week. So it was a little bit sore the next day. But other than that, we've been doing really well. Uh, some some crazy results in the world of sports and one in particular that I'm not too keen to talk about, but we will do so anyway. Uh, that being said, we can go ahead and roll on. All right, let's jump right into a very football-centric game plan. We will start off with football. As always, we got to talk about some European matches in the Champions League, the Europa League, and Europa Conference. Our semifinals are set. What teams are there? What teams do we fancy after that? And who will move on to the finals of each of the champions, Europa and Europa Conference? We look at some of the dom- big domestic games, including the massive game between Manchester City and Liverpool in England and we've skipped it the last couple of weeks so I thought we'd throw it in we got to talk domestic football here in the states we got to talk some MLS we got to check on Brad's faithful Kansas City sporting Kansas City see how MLS is going there and then we jump down to the footy down in Australia we have the AFLW grand final who are our premiers and how did the game go and some absolutely scintillating off-season moves as some huge AFLW stars are changing clubs. We will talk about some of those moves. We will also review AFL round four really quickly, preview round five. Yes, it's somewhat started, but we'll still talk about some of the games still left to play. And as always, end with Brad's crazy stat of the week. Sir, let's jump right into the football Let's let's pull off the band-aid. Let's 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 just get through it really, really quickly. The semifinals of the Champions League are set. And unfortunately, Brad's beloved Bayern Munich, for unfortunately, me. <laughs> unfortunately for me. For for many others, I think they're very, very pleased to see this. As we see Villarreal knock out Bayern Munich in their tie 2-1 via aggregate. Manchester City knocks out Atletico Madrid 1-0 in the aggregate. Benfica fall to Liverpool 6-4 in the aggregate. And Chelsea falls to Real Madrid 5-4, leaving us with a semi-final matchups of Manchester City, Real Madrid, and Liverpool, Villarreal. I'll let you get it off. Get your venting going. How is it that Villarreal find themselves in the semifinal and Barcelona find themselves sitting at home for the rest of the Champions League? Yeah, this was this was. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I could have seen this coming uh, during the last couple minutes of that game because honestly, Bayern Munich really lost all sense of attacking, fin- of attacking and finishing form, and. When, when you look back at the stats and you see 45 attempts on goal and one goal, I mean, 45 total attempts and one goal is just absolutely pathetic. And it, it's really unfortunate because, I mean, if you look at the lineup that Byron put out in the second leg alone, I mean, it was a three back. So you're looking at attacking players like Kimish and Gretzka in midfield, Coman and Zane out wide, Muziala and Muller in the middle, and Lewandowski up top. I mean, you got all that attacking power and you're only able to muster one goal. I mean, it's it's really unfortunate. And it's sad for Bayern because they've got the talent to be there, but they, they did not perform. And Villarreal did. Villarreal was attacking very, very well on the counter, very similar to the way Salzburg were, were doing it in the round of 16, although to much better effect for Villarreal. So 
It's really unfortunate for Bayern, but good for Villarreal. They deserve to be in the semifinals. They've knocked out Juve and Bayern back-to-back, so good on them for getting to the next round. Uh, the other ones that we looked at, um, the incredible one between Real Madrid and Chelsea was just insane. I mean, Chelsea looked like they might be able to pull it out somehow, and then the A ended up getting victimized by the Kareem Benzema show, which has just been rolling on and on, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not Benzema gets awarded the Ballon d'Or next year, because right now he's definitely in Ballon d'Or form. He's been just performing absolutely fantastic over the last couple of weeks. Liverpool did really well, three goals in both legs, six to four over Benfica. Good, good on Benfica. I mean, I, I, I was saying this when we realized the draw that, that Benfica was going to give Liverpool a little bit of an attacking headache because they've got a lot of good players. Darwin Nunes, especially, I mean, he was doing really, really well. They've got a good team out there in Benfica, and you can never sleep on Portuguese teams in Champions League. And then the Manchester City Atletico one was very interesting because, I mean, a lot of people were saying that Atletico was playing like almost anti-football, that they were playing extremely defensive and that they were just hunkering down trying to prevent Manchester City from scoring. But then they couldn't score themselves back at home. They, they couldn't find a way to, to break City's defense down well enough to get a goal in. Ederson was doing well in goal. And Atleti just weren't good enough over the two legs. And then it got a little bit ugly toward the end of that of that second leg in Madrid. So I think all around, I think the best teams are definitely through. It was, it's tough for, for the likes of Chelsea and Bayern, who have a whole lot of quality, but just couldn't quite get over the, over the mark. But I, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch these two semifinals play out. Yeah, I'm super excited for these semifinals. It's hard not to argue that Real Madrid, Manchester City, that pair there is going to be absolutely scintillating football. I cannot wait for that really quickly. I know we've got a couple of weeks before this, but let's just really quickly, how are you looking at it? Who do you see as the two teams getting into the final? Because honestly, I look at it, I think we could see an all I think we could see an all England final of Manchester City, Liverpool. Honestly, I I think Manchester City's got the ability to be out Real Madrid. I think Liverpool's firepower will be able to overrun Villarreal. I think we have an all England Champions League final the way I well, the way I see it. You know, it, it's funny because over the last couple of weeks, I mean, I, I've been questioning whether or not Real Madrid are for real, whether or not they're doing as well as everybody else is saying they are. And then every time Kareem Benzema proves me wrong. And I, I'm, I'm almost starting to get a little bit reluctant to pick against Kareem Benzema now. So I, I, I like you think that it's going to end up being an All-England final. But in saying that, I, I could get like West Coasted in, in, fo- in football <laughs> in, in a way of, of having a reverse psychology pick. Uh, for, for those of you who have been listening a long time, you know what I'm talking about. But um, I, I do think that Manchester City is going to be just a tad bit too much for Real Madrid. Uh, especially in their defense. I mean, we're, it's definitely not the the Ramos-Marcelo show that it's been in years past. I mean, they do have David Alaba, the former Bayern player. They do have a couple of really good defenders in there. But I, I think that Manchester City's defense is just a little bit too good right now. I think that Benzema is going to get his one or two goals, but I do think that Manchester City are going to be a little bit better attacking-wise than they were against Atleti. And I think that it's going to be a bit more free-flowing. And like you, I do think that Liverpool are going to be able to to not completely handle Villarreal easily. Uh, I think that Villarreal, especially in that second leg, is going to be at Villarreal Stadium. So it's going to be really interesting to see how hard Liverpool go in the first leg at Anfield and then what the atmosphere is going to be like in the second leg. 
Now that, that second leg will be interesting to see what the score is because if Liverpool can put up, get a two or three goal lead, it, it lets them relax a little bit going on the road. And, and Villarreal is never an easy place to play. So that's definitely a fun one. Let's jump off the Champions League, the Europa League. Saw some interesting results. Let's safe to say it. And 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 we'll, we'll go right off the bat. We'll just look really quick at the scores and then we'll break down these games. Leipzig finding a way to knock out Atalanta with a 2-0 win in Atalanta to win the tie 3-1. The shocker upon shocker, the Bundesliga, the, the Bundesliga's Frankfurt goes into the camp new and beats Barcelona three to two in an absolutely insane game. This game was absolutely insane. Frankfurt win four three via aggregate. West Ham goes on the road into France and Lyon wins three nil wins aggregate four one and this bonkers game between Rangers and Braga as Rangers and Braga go to extra time Rangers win the tie three to two getting three goals at home in front of the in front of their fans in Glasgow sending the Rangers into the semifinals we see a semifinal matchup of Leipzig versus Rangers and West Ham versus Frankfurt there is no way to deny that Frankfurt knocking out Barcelona was not something anybody expected, but I got to say this final four is absolutely fantastic. This is going to be some good football. Yeah. And it was crazy to see all the Frankfurt fans that made their way into the camp new. It it was just incredible to see what looked like 30,000 or something like that. Frankfurt fans in the camp new. And that's, that's enough to fill up a lot of La Liga stadiums and a couple of Bundesliga stadiums as well. So good on the Frankfurt fans for getting out and getting into the stadium. And the, the one that was really interesting to me was West Ham getting a three nil result on the road. I mean, I, I would have thought that Leon would have been a little bit more of a, of a battle for West Ham, but it just goes to show how good the irons are right now. They're, they're trying to sneak into those European spots in the, in the premier league, but the, the Europa league could end up being their path to the champions league. If they can get, through and get on into the final and win it, then they would be in the Champions League next season. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. And then the matchups going forward is going to be very interesting. I'm really excited to watch the the matchup between Leipzig and Rangers to see uh, just how the Ibrox atmosphere is going to be for a Euro- European semifinal. I mean, that's just going to be outrageous. And uh, let me, I'm going to have to pull this up real quick because I found something that was just incredible and it, I could honestly have made this my crazy stat of the day, but the last time that Rangers won a European knockout tie in extra time, there there was a little known man named Sir Alex Ferguson who was starting for them in that match. And that, was, that just goes to show how, how long it's been since Rangers have been to this point. That, that's absolutely insane. And it really is interesting as a, as a Celtic fan, there's, there's part of me that somewhat celebrates that Rangers went to extra time because we have a Scottish Cup semifinal between the two Glasgow Giants this weekend. So they've got a little bit more minutes on their legs. So there's there's the evil part of me that's the Celtic fan that somewhat celebrates, but I'm happy for Rangers. They've, they've the, the they've part played. of you that, that's rubbing your hands together and a little bit of an evil smirk. Yeah, it's the Mr. Burns excellent type of thing yeah. there. So now I am I'll do credit to Rangers to get a big win at home in front of the fans. They were absolutely outstanding in Ibrook Stadium. So I wish them nothing but the best in the Europa League. So that's awesome. So we jump now to the Europa Conference League, which 
was just as interesting when it comes to its results as we see Leicester City go to PSV and find a way to get a 2-1 win on the road to win the aggregate 2-1. Marseille gets a 1-0 win at Pauk to knock off Pauk in the aggregate 3-1. The goal fest that was Slavia Praha and Feyenoord has four more goals and a red card to give Feyenoord a 6-4 win in aggregate and finally, unfortunately, little Bodo Glint finally falls to Big Roma in Italy, 4-0, losing aggregate 5-2. So that sends us to a semifinal matchups of Roma versus Leicester City and Marseille versus Feyenoord. And these are some really, really good games. These are going to be tough games to pick. My, my first initial thought would be Leicester City, Marseille. But I'm not going to sneeze on either Feyenoord or Roma. This is this could be any of these two teams winning both of these matchups. I cannot wait for the Europa Conference League semifinals. If you're a person that loves crazy football atmospheres, watch the two matches between Feyenoord and Marseille. Those two sets of fans are incredible. Any Dutch fans, and especially the Marseille fans, in France are just going to be incredible. And knowing that it's a European semifinal, yes, it's the third tier of, of club competition, but it's still going to be incredible. And that, that atmosphere is just going to be incredible and it's going to be very awesome to see. And then I I think that, like you said, I I think that Leicester is going to have a little bit of an edge over Roma here. Maybe in years past, we would have been thinking, what on earth are you guys talking about Leicester over Roma? What are you talking about? But the, this Leicester team is very solid, and it's going to be interesting to see Jose Mourinho going up against English opposition again. Yeah, cannot wait. In, in the fact that the crazy fact about this is the fact that Bodo Glint beat Roma in the group stage 6 1 in one of the matchups. So for them to kind of get the ultimate revenge in the quarterfinals, knockout Bodo Glint 4 0 was absolutely a very interesting, interesting scene. So that is going to do it. For our European for our European play, let's jump to domestic. And I know this is this is a game that I, I tuned in for. I could not miss it. I did not want to miss the absolutely titanic matchup between Liverpool and Manchester City. And Brad, I gotta give you a tip of my camp and a round of applause, sir. You called it. We get a draw, two-two. But I have to say, this is probably one of the more exciting draws I have ever seen because this was back and forth, wide open, holy crap football. Yeah, and it, it, it just kind of goes to show how little there is to separate these two teams. And right now we, we're still at that one point gap between City and Liverpool with the Blues just a little bit ahead of Liverpool at the moment in the league with seven matches to go for both teams. So it, it's still very much up in the air. And we also have them playing in a uh, in a cup semifinal this weekend at Wembley. So there's going to be even more chance to see these two teams go at it with the potential of a Champions League final matchup as well. So we're definitely not through with it just yet. And we're going to see a lot of really interesting stuff going on between these teams as we go through. And I mean, if we stay in the Premier League, I mean, just just this past weekend, we saw some really crazy results. I mean, we saw Chelsea absolutely smashed Southampton 6-0 on the road. Tottenham getting a 4-0 win over v- over Aston Villa on the road. Newcastle win again. And then Manchester United drop all three points to Everton. And the Toffees get an enormous win, probably their biggest win of the Frank Lampard era thus far. 
So the Premier League doesn't, it just does not cease to provide us with outrageous moments. And it just goes to show that nothing is over until all 38 matches have been played in a season. Yeah, definitely. And I also, another one I found interesting is Brentford getting a two nil win over West Ham United is another, is another big one there too. But again, the EPL, I look, I look at it as like the championship is down to two teams, but the, just looking at it, I mean, Everton, that win was huge because now that gives, that gives them a little bit of a buffer that gives them a four point gap over Burnley for that last relegation spot. So that was absolutely critical for the blue side of Liverpool to get that win there. So we'll have to keep an eye on that to see, can they keep themselves up in the Premier League after just a horrendous, horrendous season? Looking at it, I'll I'll go to it here. Got to go to the Bundesliga again. Pretty much looks like Bayern should win the league here. But what were some of the marquee matchups that we we had over this weekend? Were there any surprises via, via results? Yeah, there were a couple of really interesting ones to watch. The one that I was really interested in in terms of the of the Champions League push was between Leipzig and Hoffenheim. A 3-0 win for Leipzig with Unkunku, Halstenberg, and Schobeschlei getting the goals for Leipzig. And that puts them up into fourth place, seven points over Hoffenheim in sixth, and three points over Freiburg in fifth. And then the other one that was really awesome to watch was the Berlin Derby, Hertha versus Union. And it was Union going to the Olympia Stadion where they played a couple of European games this year. So it's a quasi home ground of sorts for Union getting a 4-1 win over their blue rivals. So it was a great atmosphere to watch those two teams go at it. And then, like you said, Bayern right now, nine points ahead of Dortmund. And if they win this weekend, they play Sunday uh, at 830 against Armenia Bielefeld on the road then that will set up a matchup on Saturday the 23rd between Bayern and Dortmund on ABC at 11.30 Central Time here in the States. Bayern wins that match in front of the 75,000-plus Allianz Arena at full capacity, and they will win the league. So it's going to be interesting to see how Bayern goes forward with the league season, knowing that they're out of the Cup, out of the Champions League. Uh, it, it, it is unfortunate for them. They're, they're definitely disappointed, and they're, they're probably going to go and mark this season down as a failure per se because they expect to be at least in the semifinals of the Champions League year after year. But now they do have a chance to come home in front of their home fans in two weeks and win the league. So it'll be very interesting to see how that goes down against Borussia Dortmund then. Yeah, we'll have to see. Will the beer will the beer be flowing that particular day? Let's jump from there. I, I want to go to one other league before before we move on. We got to go to Italy. I mean, as we kind of talked a few weeks ago, Italy has been an extremely competitive chance for the championship. And going into this last round, it was still close, but some major upsets, some major changes in the league now that we have it. Inter is only two points back but they have a game in hand after a crazy weekend where we see where we see AC Milan drop two points to Torino on the road Napoli fall to Fiorentina and Inter get a huge 2-0 win over Hellas Verona so this this Scudetto champion this Scudetto race between the two Milan clubs I mean it is heating up as we get towards the end either team has a chance to hoist the hoist the Scudetto at the end of the season yeah, this is definitely going to be one of those things where it comes down to the final match day. And I mean, who knows? Napoli could still be in the hunt too. They're only five games, five points back with a game in hand on AC Milan as well. 
So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. And then this weekend, I mean, we, we've seen two games today. And funny enough, both of the of the Milan teams play and both Milan teams get wins. So it remains that way going with the table after that. And then over on Saturday, we've got Juventus playing Bologna. And then it's going to be midweek matches next week. We have Napoli versus Roma on Monday. Wednesday, Udinese versus Salernitana. And then we'll fast forward all the way to next Sunday. So we're going to start seeing some really interesting matchups in Serie A coming up. Yeah, I mean, we as, as much as I would love to talk about France and about Spain, unfortunately, both those leagues, unfortunately, I see the, 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 the championships are, are pretty much close to being handed over. But really quickly, looking at La Liga, the bounce back by Barcelona, they are now second in the La Liga table. That is insane when they were seventh only a few weeks ago. So you got to say Xavi has come in and has really changed everything. Unfortunately, it kind of falls apart in the Europa League, but they're back where they should be, where, where they normally should be in La Liga there. So we haven't talked about it. So we got to talk about it. I mean, sir, you are a massive sporting Kansas City fan and a massive MLS fan. So let's jump right in to the MLS here really quickly, Brad. How are things looking in the MLS? I mean, I know it's still very, very early, but who's kind of showing their might and be potentially be a championship quality team this season? Yeah, so right now at the top of the Eastern Conference, we have the undefeated Philadelphia Union. They are the only undefeated team left in MLS at the moment. They're doing very, very well to start the season with 16 points. They've been able to rattle off five wins on the trot, so they're doing very well. The expansion club, Charlotte FC, have actually gone and rattled off three wins of their own. They're up to nine points to start the year. They're doing well, as are Chicago Fire. They're doing very well in a bit of a bounce-back year for themselves. The two L.A. clubs are on top of the Western Conference right now, LAFC and L.A. Galaxy, respectively, at 13 points and 12 points. And I, I know you were talking about my, my beloved sporting Kansas City. Uh, right now they suck. Right now they <laughs> suck, and I, I'm not going to hold back. Uh, they're, they're not doing well at all. They, they played seven matches, and they have only won two games. They've lost five. And there was actually even an incident last week that's, Really unfortunate, but there, there was an incident in which one of the supporter groups inside of the supporters end was starting to chant things toward the players saying that they're, that the results weren't good enough and that they deserved better. And club captain Johnny Russell actually took it upon himself to actually go over the ad boards after the game and confront these supporters face to face. And it's, it's really unfortunate because the, the, these fans and these supporters have been, been amongst the best of the league for a long time. And they've been very vocal about about their admiration for the club. But right now, the things are just not going well at all. Alan Polito's out for the year with a knee injury that was announced earlier in the year. Gotti Kinda, the other uh, designated player, has been out with a knee injury, and he won't be back until around mid-May to early June. Uh, multiple players have, have had their contracts terminated by the club, uh, either during preseason or after the first game of the season, for various reasons. So... Not much is going right in sporting Kansas City world right now. I will say that it's just not good right now and that there's something that needs to change very, very quickly because when they're down in 12th place out of 14 clubs in the Western Conference, that is not what people have come to know sporting Kansas City for, and it's very unfortunate. Uh, very unfortunate. Not something that you're used to. Unfortunately, I will say it. As long as, I, as long as I know, Kansas sporting Kansas City has always been one of the top four teams in the West, Man, nine out of the last 10 playoffs. 
I mean, that, that, that is consistency for you really quickly. Let's look at some of the weekend games here. What are some of the games that are, that are, uh, that are uh, poking their heads out and going, you really need to watch this game over the weekend. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the ones that's going to be really interesting to see is new England revolution against Charlotte. New England is the reigning supporters shield winners, and they have not started off well this season while Charlotte has actually started off a little bit better than people thought. So we'll have to see whether Charlotte can go to New England and get a job, get the job done there. Toronto are hosting Philadelphia. That'll be a very nice one to watch. Seattle Sounders are hosting Inter-Miami. Minnesota United are hosting Colorado Rapids. And it's going to be a very tough game for Sporting Kansas City. They have not had a great start to the season. And now they have to go to first place in the Western Conference, LAFC, to play against them on national television. So that could be another very uh not fun afternoon of sporting kansas city soccer so hopefully they can get things turned around soon but uh, it's, it's not looking too good at the moment yeah unfortunately but again still a lot of football still left to be played we'll, we'll cross our fingers that things start to kind of start looking up a little bit as the season goes on so we jump from there let's take our hop on our plane and fly down to australia we've got a lot of footy to talk about but we we will start off with a grand final you can't not start off with a grand final aflw grand final adelaide crows melbourne demons and the crows at home at the adelaide oval get a big 29 to 16 win over the demons their third flag in six seasons but only five finals due to the COVID loss 2020 season. I'm one of those, as much as I love to claim dynasty, this is a dy- this is a dynasty, but unfortunately with the addition of Port Adelaide over this off season, this may be a dynasty that gets its dynasty name, but then loses it because the potential of several players to jump over to the other side of the uh, other side of the South Australian footy team it is looming large even after a big, big win over a very respectable Melbourne Demons team. Yeah, I mean, Adelaide did a great job of shutting the middle down for Melbourne, and that's kind of the way that Melbourne's played most of the season. And so a very, very good job to the superstars of the Crows, uh, Marinoff, Hatchard, Randall, Phillips, and, the, and the, the rest of the club. They, they did a fantastic job, and a great job to Melbourne as well. I mean, they were, they were definitely one of the clubs that can't, not not necessarily came out of nowhere, but really came to came to become one of the more respected and more feared teams in the competition. So great job by both of those clubs. Great job by Adelaide getting the job done there. And then kind of like what you were saying, it's going to be really interesting over, especially over the next two weeks, seeing uh, just how the competition starts to shake up with the addition of Essendon, Port Adelaide, Hawthorne and Sydney. Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting, and, and, and we'll jump from the grand final again. It, it was very much a grand final that I that I kind of expected Adelaide to win it, but I wasn't expecting the dominance. Like the, it really, the D's never really got out of second gear in that particular championship game. Again, Melbourne is a great club, but I just they ran into it is hard to argue not the best club ever put together in the AFLW. But we jump from there to the off season. We're not even three days away, and, and the moves are happening, and they are happening quickly, really quick. Just some of the marquee ones. Right now, the Essendon Bombers look to have locked up three superstars in both Matty Prasparkas and Georgia G from the Carlton Blues, and also have talked Bonnie Too Good into leaving the Duggies and come to Essendon. 
hard to argue that Essendon has not started off with an absolutely incredible signing period with three incredible players to add to its maiden roster going into the season. Yeah. And I I don't think we're going to stop there in terms of the superstar signings. I mean, Sydney didn't end up getting either of Ellie Blackburn or Ash Riddell. They were linked to the club, but I I do think that it's going to be interesting over the next couple of days and weeks that Sydney will probably make one, a couple of other AFLW players that have already been playing for a little while. So it'll be nice to see how that roster shapes out uh, as well as the other clubs as well. Yeah. So just, just some of the, some of the roster moves that, that, that have, that are, pretty much going to happen. Madia Collier is going to leave the West coast and join Sydney as an expansion player. Another huge one for the, another huge loss by the doggies. Izzy Huntington has requested a trade to GWS, which I think was a tiny bit of a shocker to me, but, but you never know. Very interesting. I don't think she'll be able to play this upcoming season, but that is a game changing move for GWS there. Both Beck Brivitelli and Ali Morfitt have requested trades from GWS over to Sydney. We already talked about George D and Maddie Persparkas. Lisa Steen, a, a, another young player for the GWS Giants, has also asked to be, has also expressed to be a Sydney expansion player. And then a couple of minor potential, minor younger players that potentially look to move one to Hawthorne and another to Sydney. So, and I also, I'd love to keep an eye out to see. Um, I have also heard some rumors that maybe potentially Carlton could lose Grace Egan to Sydney. I know Sydney was, was expressing trying to find another midfielder potentially to join them there. So we will definitely keep an eye on this AFLW offseason because it is going to be fit and firing. And especially still knowing Port Adelaide now has a coach who's going to be their first signing. We'll definitely have to keep an eye out on that. So Brad, you have anything else on the AFLW or do we jump to the AFL men's? Yeah, I think we can go ahead and jump to the men's side. I think it's going to be uh, a bigger bigger portion of the podcast we can talk about the AFLW over the next week or two, especially when a couple more of these moves start to materialize. All righty. Let's jump back to round four. Round four saw some absolutely interesting footy really quickly. We'll just really quickly say some of the results here, and then we'll kind of gather Brad's thoughts on this. I mean, in an abysmal game between Port Adelaide and Melbourne as Melbourne wins 68, 36, I'm not sure on this game. We'll, we'll discuss that a little bit. Uh, Geelong with a big top of the table clash and top of the table style clash between Brisbane 80 to 70. Sydney survives. That is the North Melbourne ruse. So that, that's another one I think we should discuss. West Coast get a big first win beating the Collingwood Magpies 87-74. Richmond knocks off the Doggies 99-61. Fremantle knocks off the Giants 88-54. Essendon gets off the Schneider and beats the Crows 103-99. The Saints hammer the, the, the Hawks 142-73. And the Suns, with the upset of the round, knocking off the once undefeated Blues 92-62. I mean, there's some interesting results here, but what's the one that you just go, wow, I did not see that one coming? I, I did not see West Coast getting it done over Collingwood, especially away from the away from Marvel Stadium. I think that that was one that really shocked a lot of people, given their their roster woes and their COVID crisis that has affected their club. So I, I think it was a really good job by West Coast getting together and getting that job done there. And then the interesting one was was North Melbourne putting it together, a really solid fight against Sydney. I think I, I kind of anticipated North to come out and play a little bit a little bit better or I, I should say that they should that they I 
expected them to come out firing after their previous week's demolition job that they suffered. But I, I think they played a really good game against Sydney, and I think they were a little bit unlucky. They just ran into a really good Swans team. And then I, I think that Western Bulldogs losing to Richmond was a little bit shocking. And it was really fun getting to watch the Essen and Adelaide game. That was a really tight, a really interesting game to watch. Definitely for sure. And you gotta you gotta give it Gold Coast knocking off Carlton. I mean, unfortunately, Carlton was some big hits. Mark Pitnett not playing and then losing and losing Patrick Cripps early in that game was just a recipe for disaster. Losing my fantasy captain, losing my perfect record in fantasy, too. <laughs> Sheesh. It's a long, it's a long year, sir. It's a long long year so we jump to round five and and three games have already happened but we will discuss those next week so let's jump to our tips for the rest of it really since i already have your tips brad i won't ask you for the tips for the games that have played really really quickly a good one coming up here very very soon from our recording st kilda gold coast at marble stadium who do you got winning this one because this one is a tricky one so this is my gauntlet pick for the week, uh, doing the gauntlet tips on the AFL tipping website. But I got St. Kilda winning this one. I think I think it's going to be a, an interesting one. I think Gold Coast is going to be buzzing after their last win over the Carlton Blues. But I think that St. Kilda is going to be just a little bit too much for Gold Coast here. While I do think that Gold Coast is going to give them a tough fight, I think the Saints will get it done. I think the Saints get it one, but I'm a tiny bit scared with no Patty Ryder going up against Wits after Wits dominated Carlton in that last one. I'd be scared if I'm the Saints that that potentially has a possibility of happening to them. Over at the Adelaide Oval, Adelaide Crows versus Richmond Tigers. Normally, I would tip the Crows at home, but I like the way the Tigers played against the played against the Doggies. I think Richmond has finally kind of found its old mojo back a little bit. I think they go on the road and get a big win against the Crows here. What say you? I'm actually going the Crows here. I, I, I think that they're they're going to be looking to right the wrong from last week. I think that the home crowd and the home cooking will do them well. Uh, I think that Richmond's still a little bit iffy with a couple of the players that they don't have in their in their team at the moment. So I think it's going to be a really tight game, and I think that Adelaide's going to come down on the wire and end up getting the win late. Uh, that'll, be, that'll be a fascinating one. I don't know if I have to ask for this tip. Melbourne versus GWS at the MCG. I think this is D's and this is D's all day. Yeah, coming out, Pruce out, Riccardi out. I think that it's going to be a nightmare for GWS going up against the Premiers. I got the D's winning easily. All right. Another one, another fascinating one. We sees Carlton Blues at the MCG against Port Adelaide, but Port with some big ins. Alira Lear is in, Robbie Gray is in, and Jeremy Finlayson are all in. Patty Cripps is not in, but Pitnet is back in for Carlton. I'm going to tip the Blues in this one. I think Pitnet being back, I think, kind of brings some balance. I'm worried Alira Lear might be coming back a little bit too early. I'd worried about him being a tiny bit underdone. So I have the I have the blues in this one. Yeah, I share the same sentiments there. I think Alira Lear, I, I'm a little bit scared for his fitness. I, I, I'm not a big fan of his inclusion by Ken Hinckley. Uh, I think that the blues are playing well as a unit right now. I think that last week was a bit of a wake-up call for them. Uh, I see a rebound win for Carlton. Uh, we jump back over down to Marvel Stadium as Essendon hosts the Fremantle Dockers. And, and, and normally, again, we've had that West Coast jinx where the West Coast teams go on the road and they don't win. But I, I like Frio's defense. I think Frio's playing some good football. I think Essendon can be stopped a little bit. They just don't have – I 
the, the magic that they had last year, it's just not as strong as it was last year. So I'm going to tip the Dockers to get a big road win at Marvel Stadium over the Bombers. I'm actually going to go Essendon. I think they're going to ride the wave from last week. I think they're going to do well enough. I think it's going to be another one that's going to come down to the wire, but I think Essendon actually gets the job done here. All righty. And the last one on Easter Monday sees Hawthorne and Geelong at the MCG. Who do you got winning the, the, the marquee matchup of the Easter holiday weekend? Uh, I think Geelong, I think they're just a little bit too good at the moment. They've got a really solid group there. I think the Hawthorne is up and coming. Uh, I think they're they're starting to look a little bit better. They do have Shields coming back into the team with Phillips, but I, I like the inclusion of Radigalia and Stewart and Selwood for them. I, I like Geelong in this one. Cats win it, but I think this one is close. I think this one is a barn burner and a great ending to the round. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will do it for the main part of our podcast. So we've got to it. It's our favorite time of the podcast. Brad's crazy stat of the week. Brad, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, we got a really interesting one. We're going to go to the NHL here. I think we're we're starting to get closer and closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We got a couple of really interesting games going on over the next couple of weeks. And yesterday was the very first time that two NHL players had five or more assists on the same day. And it was or I should say that it was the first time two or more NHL players had five or more assists on the same day since 1993. It was Robert Thomas and JT Miller getting the five plus assists yesterday. And they were the first since Pat LaFontaine and Theo Fleury in 1993. That just goes to show how crazy that type of stat is and how rare it is. That's absolutely insane. Bringing the fire, Brad, bringing it and bringing it strong. That is a great way to end our podcast. That is going to do it for our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Brad, thank you again for joining me, sir. Yeah, no worries. It's going to be really interesting seeing everything that goes on this week. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, my my anger with the start for Sporting KC starts to die down over the next couple of weeks. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that. And then we'll have to wait and see how Man City and Liverpool go and how the footy goes. A fun Easter weekend with a lot of great sports to go. A football-flavored podcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you're listening to, please like, subscribe, let people know. We have fun doing this podcast. We'd love to see it get a few more views because we just want to show how much we love sport as a whole. So that is going to do it for our episode. We will see you again next week.